Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. Come on, church. Let's give a shout of praise in this place. Are you trusting God for the impossible? Come on, lift your hands in this room. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, we lift our hands and surrender to you. We trust a faithful God. So our faith is increased because you are a big God. You are a good God. You are a generous God. You desire to pour out your love and lavish it on us today. So we look to you. We have faith in you because you are a faithful God. We think about your nature. We think about your character. And we allow that to fill us to overflowing. We love you, Jesus. We trust in you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Would you turn? Yeah. Give them a clap offering. Church, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, he's a good God, and you may be seated. Well, church, it's good to be here this morning. Thank you, online church, for tuning in today. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. They're the most faithful, faithful online churchgoers that I know of, okay? And the, the um, most frequently, um, uh, what is it called? The commenters. So love you, mom, Victoria, and Emeraldo. Okay, anyways, I just felt like I had to give them a shout out. <laughs> so I'm excited to be continuing our series on Marked, Mark. Um, Marked by Jesus is the name of the series that we're in. And we're, we've been in Mark for a couple years now, and we plan to be in it for another several months. And so I'm excited to be talking this week about faith. We come to the last week of Jesus' life, and he's just made a triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And then he goes to the temple, and he sees that there's some crazy stuff happening there, so he cleanses it. And then he also sees that there's a fig tree that has a bunch of leaves but no fruit. And so what does he do? He curses it. And then we pick up here where I'm going to be preaching on, Mark 11, 20 through 25. And it's a message on faith. Jesus gives us a lesson on faith. And I think it's interesting that we go into a message on faith right after he talks about fruitlessness. If his people are faithless, then we're also fruitless. And so it's important for us to really understand what Jesus' heart and intention is for us in these few scriptures. What I want you to understand is that, again, it's the last few days of his life. Days, hours, we're down to hours, under 100 hours left of his life almost. And he is leaving words with the disciples, and it's, it, and it's like... Okay, we're just going to be talking about faith again. Yeah, maybe because faith is something very significant in this life. We are not going to make it through this life. It's going to be impossible to make it through the journey of life without a journey of faith. And if you want to live a fruitful life, if you want to live a faith-filled life, then you're going to understand what Jesus is saying, and he's dying to tell us in the last few days of his life. So let's pick it up here at Mark 11, 20 through 25. As they passed by the morning, passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered 
and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed was withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Let's pray. God, we love you this morning and we thank you that your word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Fill us with your understanding. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with more of you. We give you this time in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 11.6. I think we said it in our series, Ridiculous Faith, a few um, weeks ago. And I encourage you to go back into YouTube or our, our website or whatever. Go check it out because I believe that this is going to be a big year for Project Church, a big faith kind of year. And so I'm, I'm excited to continue. It's almost like a continuation of the Ridiculous Faith series. But Hebrews 11.6, it says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith is a big deal. We can't please God without faith. Mark 9.23, it says, and Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. It's impossible to please God without faith. Nothing good in your life will happen without faith. Nothing eternally good. And finally, Matthew 13. 58, it says this, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Can we not be the people that lack faith and he doesn't perform a miracle on our behalf? He is telling us in Matthew, Jesus is showing us that he will not perform miracles because people lack faith. And it's, it's not a matter of having faith so God would perform for us. It's like this is what he is. This is what he's so full of. He is miraculous. He wants to do good things. And I think we need to remember that it's not like have faith so I can do this for you. He's like, I want to do all these good things for you. I want to pour out on you. But what's blocking you from receiving anything is a lack of faith. So we need to understand that Jesus wants us to have ridiculous faith. Faith is a big deal. We go to God in faith. We're saved by faith. We do works in faith. Faith, 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 faith. It's a big deal. And here's the thing. So many of us have mountains in our lives. Think about what might be a problem in your life. Think about the challenges that you're facing, the challenges you faced last night, the challenges you faced this last week. What are those things? What are those mountains that are in your life that he says, in the scripture that will move if we speak to it to move. What are those things? I, I, I wonder if we're not speaking to these mountains and if uh, the people of God need to start speaking differently than we have been. Until we speak to our mountain, we will not move past our mountain. I wonder what mountains you're facing today. What are the mountains? What are the difficulties? What what is keeping you from seeing a bright future? What is keeping you from having hope? What is keeping you from seeing the way God wants you to see? We need to speak to some mountains this morning. Are you ready to speak to some mountains this morning? 
until we speak to our mountains, we will not see past our mountain. And God wants to fill us with so much faith that we are overflowing with hope because there's a world that is desperate and has no hope. We need to be so full of faith that people now begin to have hope. Until you speak to your mountain, you will not see past your mountain. So I don't want to be like, uh, like a cheerleader this morning. Um, I've never been the cheerleader in my family. All three of my sisters, older sisters, they're all cheerleaders, pom-pommers, dancers. Don't worry, Heidi was the, the gal who was giving um, the announcements earlier. And I, we don't match in that, but I love you dearly. I can just see you rolling your eyes, eyes. That's not my thing. But sometimes, man, those cheerleaders and those chants, they get stuck in your head. And when they get stuck in your head, you start believing it. Yeah, I, I do believe nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts. We got, that's not a truly, that's not a cheer. I That was the worst cheer I could have had popped in my mind right then. But there, sometimes those things st get stuck in your head. And when you start saying them and when you start speaking in that, speaking them, you start moving in the truth of what you just spoke. And so this morning, we're going to be speaking to our mountain because that's what Jesus instructs us to do. We need to speak to our mountains. And this morning, what do I want you to say to your mountain? Number one, my power comes from God. When I say power, you say from, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to figure out, like, how can I get the cheer thing really going? So repeat after me. My power comes from God. Okay, we're going to do that better. Ready? Online church, I know you're doing it better. Ready? My power comes from God. And Jesus answered. That was a little late, Laura. <laughs> and Jesus. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. And you might be thinking, duh, Chrissy. My power comes from God. Duh. He's the powerful one. But I'm, I wonder if some of us are walking around being enamored by miracles that God has done and like powerful things that take place, healings that take place. We read about here the things. We hear about people giving words. We hear about different gifts of the Holy Spirit and power of the Holy Spirit. And, mo and then we're so enamored by the power, you're not the one who gives you the power. I, I wonder if sometimes we forget that we have a powerful God and we have faith more in our own faith rather than faith in God. Can we have more faith in God than faith in faith? Here's the thing. The world sees faith as coming to church. The world sees faith as not cursing. The world sees faith as all these other external things. And I wonder if in the church we see powerful things happen and we, all, we start seeing faith the way the world sees faith. And we start forgetting about the very obvious, have faith in God. Why would Jesus say that? Why would he remind the disciples about faith in God? Because here's the thing. When Peter walked past the fig tree that was cursed, he was enamored by the fact that it had already withered away. Normally, when something is when a tree dies, it takes a few days or weeks before it's totally withered away. But this is the next day after Jesus cursed a fig tree. The next day, 
Peter says, oh my goodness, look, Jesus, this tree is dead. It's withered away. And he was enamored by the power. And Jesus responds to Peter, whoa, 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 have faith in God. Have faith in God. Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed was withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. We cannot move in power if we're not moving in God. If we're moving in power, then we're just nothing but a bunch of people who perhaps are practicing universal spiritual things and even witchcraft. We need to move in power by Jesus. You know that there's a lot of powers and principalities in this world? They're not all godly. There are demons and there are spirits that have power, but not all of them are godly. If we don't ask God for power, if we don't rely on God for power, then we're going to be operating even in our churches out of self and out of de evil, demonic spirits. We got to be a people who are accessing power from God and God alone. Here's the thing, Luke 17, 5 through 6, we hear Jesus talking to the disciples about having faith like a mustard seed. You've probably heard this. Let me read it. Luke 17, 5 through 6, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. That's very similar to him saying, like, move the mountain, and the mountain will be moved. But what the apostle, or what the disciples are asking is to increase our faith. And Jesus responds, no, 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 you don't need to have more faith. You just have to have faith little bit of faith in a big God. Let's not be about, like, I need more. I need more and this appetite for more. Like, the world has an appetite for more. Because when we have an appetite for more faith, that just sometimes looks like more things that I need to check off on my list. And then we're relying on our own power. We're relying on our own strength. We're relying on ourselves. But there's a powerful God He's, it, that we need to access all of our power through. It's not about more faith. It's about real faith. Small faith in a big God. Sometimes I think that the mountain is ourselves and we can't see past ourselves. Which is why we should not ask for an increase of faith. We should ask that God would allow us to decrease. You know, that's why I'm really excited about this Lent season that starts February 17th. 40 days until Easter, and we're going to be on a journey together. I know that Heidi and Josue talked about it, but 40 days of decrease. Church, if we would decrease, he will increase. When we start decreasing, God shows up. And so my heart, our heart for this church is that we would grow in our communion with God because we've thinned our lives. We thicken our communion with God when we thin our lives is what the author says of a book. You don't have to get the book in order to go on this 40-day journey with us, but we do have journals for you because we want you to decrease. Not because we think you are, you think you're too hot stuff. Like, I don't think that. That's not why we're doing it. We're just human. And we want God to move. We want God to do something in us and through us and something that's real. Because this world experiences so many fake things. And we want to give them real faith. But if we're in and all about ourselves and all about our own strength and all about our own giftings, then the church is only giving people something fake, something fleeting. 
We want deep faith. We want real faith. We want powerful faith. We want faith that carries authority and walks in confidence. Can we be a people that decrease so that he may increase? When you want your mountain to move, you're going to say, my power comes from God and God alone. Second, what else are we going to say to our mountains? Well, let's do this better. And this one's easier. I said move. I said move. I said move. That's the tone I get when my kids are not getting ready in the mornings. I said get drunk. <laughs> I mean, do you know, like sometimes you just have to repeat yourself. I don't think you heard me. Can we start talking to our mountains? I said move. I said move. I am tired of being taunted by the fear that you mountain are producing in my life. I said move. I said move. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Carly, if you say to your mountain, move, it will move. Whoever, Pastor Lauren, if you say to this mountain, move, it will move. Chase, Sam, Tiana, you say to your mountain, it will move, and it will move. It's whoever. It's not Caleb. It's not the prayer team. It's not the pastors. It's you, whoever in faith says to mountain move, it will move. You know what I think is really interesting in this time is that it took a long time to build something like the temple. It took a long time. So one of the most wondrous architectural moments in history is the building of the temple. And King Herod the Great, in a 40-year span, decided to build a platform for the temple. But the way he built the platform was by going to Mount Moriah and taking a ridge and a slope of that mountain and moved it. He moved a mountain in order to build the temple. Now, so when Jesus is saying this, everybody in that time knew, oh, it took a lot of resource. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of energy for this mountain to move. And what Jesus is reminding them is, remember how much work that took to build this temple? Do you remember how much energy it took? You know, every one of us can spend a lot of time, money, resource, and energy to see some things happen in our life. And Jesus is saying, guess what? Just have faith. That's all you need. I mean, some of us are focusing on what we need to do, what we need to acquire, what we need to do to make the things happen. And God's just saying, chill, relinquish, and just have faith. Have faith of a mustard seed and just speak to it. That's all. I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, whoever says, I think we're too afraid to articulate what we have faith for, what we want to have faith for. And when we finally articulate, some awesome things actually happen. But what's keeping you from articulating what you want to see God do in your life? Is it fear of what people will think? Is it fear of rejection? Listen, you know what? Vision Sunday, 
at the beginning of the message, Caleb and I spoke, we tried to give you some vision for what's happening in 2021 and beyond. And it was kind of like scary to say it. Because once you finally say it, I mean, it's out there for people. <laughs> They're like, really? How's that, how's that campus going to happen in Roseville? Like, oh. But I'm going to speak to it. And it's going to happen. I'm going to speak about it. How, how, is, how is that co-working space thing going to happen? I mean, we've been working on it. And we're like, yeah, it'll happen. And then Caleb, in the notes I, I discovered that morning, he's like, in March. I go, okay. And it revved me up. And I was like, okay, we're having a meeting. Heidi, Bree, let's go. We've got to meet about this because this is going to happen. Some of us are afraid to do any work. <laughs> Some of us are afraid to say anything because they know what it's, we know what it's going to require of us. So we need to get to a place where we just speak it out. Private, wishful thinking isn't going to do it. We need to speak to our mountains. There's power in speaking. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Who are you speaking to in your life? I thought about this because I oftentimes think that mountains in our lives are relational mountains. And I wonder if the things that we're saying in our relationships are bringing life or death. I think about that when I talk to my kids. Am I speaking life over them or am I destroying them? There is power in our tongues. I'm thinking about a world that is desperate for Jesus, is desperate for hope. How are we speaking to this world when we see them acting a fool? How do we speak of them? Are we speaking life into them? Or are we just destroying them? There is power in your tongue. Let's speak life. Let's speak life and freedom in Jesus. And I want to encourage you, don't withhold anything good from people. Some of us are too insecure to speak life over somebody else because of how insecure we are. We need to start speaking life into everybody. People need to be encouraged. It says in 2 Corinthians 4.13, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. I had faith and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. Some of us need to look at our jobless predicament and say, I need a job in Jesus' name. I will have a job. I will apply. I will move forward. Some of us need to speak to our marriages. I will, I will be focused on this. I will be committed to this. I will see this mended. Some of us need to speak to our wayward child. I love you still. I love you still. You may have gone this way, but I trust that God is going to bring you back. We need to speak to our issues. We need to speak to the things that we have lost faith in. We need to speak to that relationship that needs reconciliation. I will see this mended. I will see God move in your life. I will see a difference because I'm speaking to it, because I'm lifting my voice, and I'm trusting in a powerful God who makes things happen when I speak. Because it's not about what I'm saying. It's about who I believe is listening and making it happen. Speak, church. Speak. I said move. What is it in your life that needs to move? Speak to it in Jesus' name. But some of us are waiting for people to speak into our lives. Please speak to me. I need to be encouraged. 
had a hard week, honey. You didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. You know, like, we get in these modes where we require so much of everybody else around us. We and it's not because we need what they say. It's because we care too much about what they say. Here's what happens in 1 Samuel 36. David is greatly distressed. He's greatly distressed because all these people are taunting him, are angry with him, and are questioning things that he's doing as a leader of an army. And it says this, and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. He was a little scared, valid, <laughs> because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Some of us have to develop the practice of strengthening ourselves in our Lord, our God. Some of us had to learn to speak to our own souls and not rely on our pastor or not rely on our friend or not rely on our kids for affirmation and validation when we have that in the Lord. You're enough. Strengthen yourself in the name of the Lord. Strengthen yourself. Speak to your soul. Church, can we start speaking kindly to ourselves? Can we start speaking life into ourselves? Some of us don't believe or recognize the power and authority that you have in your tongue for yourself. Let's be like David and strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Third, what else are we going to say? We're going to say, in Jesus' name, move. In Jesus' name, move. And I already said it. It's not about wishful thinking. Faith is not wishful thinking. Faith is in God, and we pray to somebody who will make it come to pass. We don't just hope and wish in and of ourselves. If we're not people of prayer, then we're not going to be people of faith. What are you seeking God for? What are you asking for in his name? It says... In verse 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, I don't want you to focus right now on about what should I ask him. No, but whatever you ask in prayer, the first step is not what should I ask for. The first step is to just talk to Jesus. Just talk to him. You don't have to have a perfect prayer. You don't have to have, you know, all these checklist things and items that you have to bring to him specifically. Just start talking to him. Just pour yourself out to him. And then here's what happens. And I think this will encourage somebody. When you've waited long enough on the Lord to discern his will, if you wait long enough on the Lord to discern his will, then he'll give you the faith that you need to believe for what you've asked him for. Does that make sense? If you ask him and you wait on him, and he will give you discernment if you're asking for the right thing or not. Because it is true that you need to ask for things. I mean, I'm not going over here and be like, uh, Jesus, I need a new car in Jesus' name. And it'll come because it says, it says that if I pray, then it'll happen and it'll give me anything. No, we're not just going around saying, I need a new house in Jesus' name. I know I love my father. Dad, I, I believe you're watching. But um, what I love when I see him on Facebook is when people are asking for prayers, he'll just comment in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Happy birthday. Happy 35th birthday. In Jesus' name. It was just that. 
I really need a car in Jesus' name. And my, my sweet father, he makes everything a prayer. He makes everything a prayer. And I want to encourage you, just go to God and spend time with him. Ask him for some things. And the longer you wait on him and the longer you trust in him, he'll give you the discernment to believe for the things that you've asked for. And he'll also give you the no, no, not yet. No, stop that. <laughs> no. And he'll, he'll, he'll set you straight. It's not about what you're asking for. It's about developing a relationship with Jesus and understanding that he's the one that we rely on, that he's the one that we know to ask for things. But we'll, he'll also give us the wisdom of what to ask for. That's the kind of God that we serve. Can we just make ourselves people of prayer? 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says this, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. You know, one of the greatest tragedies of, is not really that there are unanswered prayers, but there are prayers that are not asked. You have not because you ask not. Knock and the door will be open to you. Just ask him. Maybe it's the wrong ask. Maybe, just maybe, we'll trust God, wait on him, and he'll make your heart right. He'll direct you to what to pray for. He'll help you. And finally, and finally, what do we say to our mountain so that it moves? We say, I've forgiven because I'm forgiven. I've forgiven because I'm forgiven. It says this in verse 25, and whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. I don't want to belabor this because you're kind of like, wait, I, was I thought we were talking about faith. Like what God can do for me. No, why, what, why do I have to forgive anybody? <laughs> because unforgiveness blocks your heart from receiving all that God has for you. Faith and forgiveness go hand in hand because God sent his son to die for every single one of us so that we might be forgiven. That's what this faith journey is all about. That God sent his son to forgive us and that we might have life and life abundantly through him. Well, if we don't forgive, then we're, we're like cutting God off from filling us with all that he wants to. And he's just saying, just forgive and remove that plate from your heart so I can pour into your heart. I want to fill you with faith so out, out of you flows forgiveness that so many others need. I want to ask you, are you asking God for something? What are you asking him for? What do you need from him? You have a choice, a choice to forgive or a choice to have an unanswered prayer. That's your choice. Who is it in your life that you need to forgive? They may not need to know that you've forgiven them. They don't, may not even know that you're holding a grudge against them. But let me tell you this, your prayers that you are asking will not be answered to the fullest degree if you don't forgive them. That's just the principle. It doesn't get much simpler than that. Forgive so God can move. Anyone that you feel 
doesn't deserve your forgiveness, you're sorely mistaken. God forgave all. He came to this world to forgive all. All. So if Jesus can forgive all, he can give you the power to forgive so that you can have more from him. We serve such a good God. And I just want to challenge you. What is it that you're allowing your heart to grow hard in and bitter in? Can we cut out that bitter root today? Can we forgive so that God can move in our lives and flow freely in us? You might be like, I don't think I need to forgive them. God's still doing good things. Well, God will do even more things if you forgive. This is not just about you. This is about what they need. Whoever you need to forgive, it's what they need. We want God to flow freely to them too. And anybody that they encounter, forgiveness stops God's move. A greater faith involves forgiveness. Listen, some of you have been speaking to your mountain, but maybe you're you're part of that mountain. And this, this mountain has grown in your heart of bitterness, resentment, and then it just compounds your insecurity, your thought that you're not enough. And maybe you just need to forgive to let that mountain dissipate. I think God wants to do that in somebody's heart today. And some of us are speaking to a mountain so many times and it's like, I need to speak to myself. I said, encourage yourself in the Lord, but maybe you need to forgive yourself. God wants to do something in and through you and in this church. So can we be a people of faith and a people that forgives? And here's the thing that happens. When there's this mountain of unforgiveness, God will give you the faith to see a positive future. Because when we, when we have a mountain of resentment and bitterness, everything, we can't see clearly past that big mountain. It's hard to see past that big mountain. So when God gives you the unction to finally forgive, he says, stop speaking to your mountain, but start moving in faith and step aside from that mountain so you can see clearly. Some of us are speaking to it, speaking to it, and then we have to speak to ourselves. And it's like, maybe we need to move in faith and go and say, I'm going to write a letter and say, I forgive you. Maybe it means you got to have to take a step of faith so that you can see right, so that you can have the right perspective. You've got to tell the mountain to move, but you also have to move. What is it going to take for you to forgive? Move. Go there. Move. Because sometimes that mountain is us. So this morning, the encouragement is to have faith, but the challenge is to forgive. The message is about faith, but it's going to take you to speak up. Mountain, move. I said move. I said move. Would you bow your heads in this place?
want you in faith to search your heart. We cannot move forward if we don't look internally first. I think there are people in the room who need some healing. There are people in this room who just need to search their hearts. I need to search my heart for areas of resentment, bitterness, anything that's keeping me from receiving all that God has for me. So I just want to encourage you, search your heart. There's some people in the room and you're wondering, like, man, I, I want a relationship with God. I want all God has for me. But you have not yet allowed him to forgive you. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to accept him into your life, believe in him, confess your sins, and allow his forgiveness to come over you. And so you can receive that forgiveness and walk in a new, a fresh relationship with Jesus. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to give you the power. He wants to give you the confidence. He wants to propel you forward in your faith journey. He wants to do something in your life. So that's you in this room and you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to accept him. You want to receive the forgiveness that he has for you. You may think that, oh, I don't know if he can forgive me. I'm like, yes, he does want to forgive you. He'll forgive you for anything because he knows that's a mountain in your life that's going to keep you from going where he created you and called you to go. So if that's you in this room and you want to accept Jesus in your life, you want to believe him, you want to confess your sins to him and receive a great life and receive life and freedom in him. If that's you and you want to have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, would you lift your hand and say, I want to receive Jesus. No one's looking around. I'm looking around because I want to pray for you. But if you want to receive Jesus in your life, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see those hands back there. I see that hand. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Would you repeat after me? Thank you, Jesus. Come on. We're speaking to our mountain right now. Would you lift your voice in this place? Thank you, Jesus, for bringing me here today. I accept you into my life. I have faith in you, a powerful God, a good God. I confess my need of you. Forgive me of my sins. Remove my shame. Remove my guilt and make me whole. Give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's, hey, let's lift our voices and say thank you, Jesus, for filling us with faith today. Thank you, Jesus, for changing lives in this room, changing hearts. Would you stand in this place? And we are going to, with our mouths, speak with faith that he would build our life on a firm foundation, that we would have faith, church. Come on, lift your voice. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.